What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the, the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights and all the goods. So come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space, and good eats. Big thanks to Produce Row Cafe for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from, share with a friend. 
The podcast is available on Spotify now. I've also been dropping some monthly playlists there every first of the month. I'll put the links in the episode notes for those things along with the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts. Hope everybody is doing all right out there. I just got back from a killer weekend in Denver hanging out with my childhood friend Ryan who lives out there now and we went to see back-to-back nights of music first night saw Noah Gunderson play this stripped down acoustic set solo he also played a few jams on the piano which was awesome played some new songs off of uh, his new record Pillar of Salt which is amazing and then the following night went and saw Andrew McMahon of Jack's Mannequin and Something Corporate also did kind of a stripped down set with a couple other musicians and that's two of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters back-to-back nights so just a killer weekend and went on this incredible hike and there was a bunch of snow in the mountains already definitely one of the the best hikes that I've been on and I also got to do another podcast with Noah Gunderson which was such a big deal to me and to actually get to sit down with him in person this time and hang out instead of doing the phone deal was very cool and a a special one for me so stay tuned for that in the next week or so and I dropped a new episode of I Dig Records earlier this week, which is a series that I put out every other Wednesday, typically co-hosted by my cousin. And we do the deep dive on a record. And recently I've been having some guest hosts fill the co-host role. So this week I did one with my girlfriend Ruby, and it was the first time we had ever gotten on the mics together. And we had a rad living room hang and talked about one of her favorite albums of all time, High Violet from The National. So that is available now. Stay tuned for more of those every other Wednesday. And for this week's episode, episode 278, I've got indie rock band Brother from Provo, Utah on the program. This is the third installment of Tree Fort Interviews. Treefort is a music festival that takes place out in Boise, Idaho. It happened a few weeks back, and this was one of the couple full band chats that I got to do while I was out there at Treefort. And that whole festival was so fucking awesome, and I'm super stoked to go back. They just announced the dates for the 2022 festival, which is at the end of March, so it's back at its regularly scheduled time of the year. I'll put the link in the episode notes for that. But I would suggest getting on some early bird tickets for that. I'd been hearing about Tree Fort for years and making it out a few weeks back definitely lived up to all the hype. So stoked to share another one of my conversations that I got to record out there in Boise. Last week I put the Future Crib episode out they are a band from nashville tennessee and the other band hang that i got to have out at tree fort and the previous week was singer songwriter joe caplo so check out those and more to come and we're gonna get into this one momentarily i had a great time getting to know this bunch based out of provo utah which is super close to salt lake city if you're not familiar with that area This one was just really fucking fun, and we had a lot of laughs during it, and I got to see their set at Tree Fort right before we 
had this conversation and they killed it and they were just great and super nice people. So definitely give them a follow if you dig what you hear. They have a brand new record that came out today and is available on all the things. It's called Volume 3 and uh, they've got tons of other music up there. So if you enjoy what you hear, I would encourage you to go back and check out the rest of the tunes as well. If you are listening to this on release day, I am DJing this coming Sunday, the 17th of October at North 45 here in Portland, Oregon from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you are a Portland, Oregon local and you want to see some free music on the regular every Wednesday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. and every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., there's free tunes going on at Produce Row Cafe in Southeast Portland, This coming Wednesday, we got the LKs, October 20th, and October 24th, David Pollack, and October 27th, Andrew Harrison will be there playing the tunes. I'll put the link for Produce Row and North 45 in the episode notes as well, so you can keep up with their regular music going on over there. And we're going to get in to episode 278 with Brother out of Provo, Utah. Wait, this is actually episode 277 with Brother from Provo, Utah. I don't know why I'm so eager to push ahead on to 278, but this is 277. We're going to kick it off with a track called I Tried off the band's brand new record, volume 3, that is available now. Happy release day to brother. Let's do the damn thing.
my brother from Salt Lake City all ready to jump into this thing. Hell yeah, let's yes. go. Well, I'm excited to talk to you all as we were just talking about. It was rad to get to catch your set this afternoon. Yeah, thanks, and, man. Thank you. Um, I've just been digging into your, your tunes pretty deep the last uh, few weeks, knowing that I was going to come out here and talk to you all so it was really cool to get to see the music in in the live setting and yeah. uh also in that setting i feel like was was a pretty cool way to get to see your band for the first time just with all the the chill dreamy synthy stuff that's yeah. going on with the music and and just kind of hanging in the park having having this uh this grass hang just yeah chilling, just the outdoor the vibe man nice grain that's where it's at yeah <laughs> i just <laughs> feel like uh especially the music you guys are making currently seems to to really fit that vibe yeah with uh some of the the stuff that's a, a little uh more synthy and developing these these bigger worlds with the tunes and mm -hmm. it seems like it's departed a lot from where it first started with the, the more folky sound so mm -hmm. let's start there let's yeah. talk about just kind of how did this band uh start yeah i mean brother started as like a solo project of mine back in 2012 2013 around then and uh i mean like originally i wanted to write songs and have other musicians come in to the studio and track drums and bass and guitar and kind of throw their own flavor on it and that's where like brother comes from is like you know, like a family of musicians like all you know playing their parts to come up with a, a unique like unified sound um and then it kind of evolved from there. Uh, a lot of bands do, especially when they start playing live. You know, like you want to get things more like rocking, get people moving, like that come out to your shows and whatnot. But going from solo to what is now a five piece is, was definitely a really, really good move. Yeah. So in the beginning, were you just playing kind of solo sets too? Um, I wasn't playing live. I was okay. just recording stuff. Um, and I, I would play the instruments on there and for in the studio and whatnot and and then it, it, it evolved into a three-piece which was still like pretty like i don't know subtle i guess is a good word and then uh we lost a member and then we ended up adding erica and nate um so nate was originally on drums um and then erica was on on guitar and bass they were switching back and forth and uh I mean, again, it happened with like the whole live sound thing is like you want to get people moving. So you start adding in a little more crunch and texture and, and whatnot. So yeah. It kind of evolved from there. For sure. Yeah. You all from Salt Lake City and kind of played in that music scene growing up? Not at all. No. Um, nope. This is Erica from Logan. So I played at Y Sound and kind of started doing music there. Yeah. Scott, you're not even from Utah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, Scott, you're not even from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out, dude. You are. <laughs> you don't even go here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, uh, but Where about these guys in Utah. Uh, Bellingham, Washington. Okay, awesome. It's the dippity top. Cool place. Of the state. Someone else talk. <laughs> this is Eli talking, and I also grew up in Bellingham, Washington. Okay. With Scotty. Uh, this is Nathan, and I grew up in Mesa, Arizona. This is uh, Chuck, and I am originally from Spokane, Washington, uh, but kind of grew up all over, went to middle school, high school in uh, southern Utah. Okay. So did you guys all just kind of meet 
amongst the the music scene yes in we met, salt lake we met in actually provo uh music scene well me and, well, Erica, Chuck and i met in southern utah yeah we've almost known each other for 10 years she, she was going to college down there and i lived down there so we we're hanging out a lot we we played some shows and whatnot and yep. then uh met nate at church <laughs> which is really cool he looked like a band guy so i walked up and i was like hey man you you look like a band guy <laughs> and he did the classic johnny cash and he's like maybe i am <laughs> like i was like oh damn and got, got him in started playing drums for us and then scott and eli used to play in a different band that we toured with and played a, a bunch of different shows with called gray glass uh we absorbed scott and then uh, gray glass disbanded rest in peace uh and then we took on eli and eli's been with us for the last year and a half ish and uh it's been a good good addition you to have some pretty good musical chemistry from the the get-go when you started playing tunes together we we yes. used to we we had other songs we made we put on soundcloud yeah and we will never tell you where to I've, find them i have heard them <laughs> they're they're god awful they're them. terrible but everyone starts somewhere but yeah we were, we were friends first and we just loved hanging out had a good time yeah we have a similar sense of humor yeah. Similar we were, hobbies. And then we're playing we were some shows and, and yeah, we would show each other music that we're working on and, and whatnot and it was, it was a good time. So how long has it been the five of you? Five of us, year and a half. Um we've had Scott for Scott a while. For like three years. Yeah. And then Nate Chuck and I five, we're, six years. Yeah, the the three of us were were considered original members. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just comes across as a very tight live show it looks mm-hmm. like you all just are very comfortable playing together and and very confident in what you're doing thank you we spent we spend a lot a lot of time hanging out together i mean well a lot of bands live together we don't at all world a lot of us are, are married or we live in in different houses different um spots in our state and and whatnot but me and eli hang out a lot uh, Nate and Erica hang out a lot, and no one really hangs out with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Scott just tinkers yeah. around. I, I lived his... with Scotty for a while. <laughs> yeah. so. I guess that's true. They and and, and when we're on tour, Scotty and I always sleep together. So <laughs> that's yeah, we, uh, on tour, we kind of pair off. My wife is the is our designated um, tour manager, and so me and her will pair off naturally, and then Nate and Erica pair off naturally, and then we let Scott and Eli do their thing well you got to keep Except the rhythm when i snore and then he leaves <laughs> oh, it's a sensitive subject yeah. as of yesterday Dang. well it's it's half has to do with like oh man his snoring it's also have to do with oh man my farts i don't want to bug him <laughs> i don't want <laughs> dutch oven him to death <laughs> gotta keep the rhythm section so it's together a half a mercy though. for you half a mercy for me yeah. <laughs> damn it scott <laughs> <laughs> we told you not to bring up the dutch ovens <laughs> No they DOs. Said, no Dutch ovens in the <laughs> podcast conversation. Yeah. No, that's cool. Eli and Scott, you guys have been playing music together since you were kids though, back in Bellingham or we we have to some degree, yeah. We once went to like a a dance and we had our dates come and we set up a little show and we put together a little band to play for our dates to go to this dance. So yeah. that was the origin of Scotty and I playing <laughs> together. Hell yeah. <laughs> that that was a high school prom. Yeah, <laughs> it was dope. Do you guys have uh, evidence of this anywhere? Because uh, I don't think so. I have a photo of us and our prom dates. No evidence. But there's no, no like live footy of <laughs> like. <laughs> no, no. We we played "Are You Gonna Be My Girl" by Jet. Oh, <laughs> good choice. <laughs> and Uprising by Muse for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
always a bass drums situation between the two of you though yeah because yeah. It, it, it felt like it was very locked in rhythmically and just seemed like you guys had a lot of fun maybe going out at parts and keeping it funky at times and just uh the whole thing just seemed to re- have a, a really nice groove and pocket to it rhythm section for life <laughs> <laughs> what drew you guys into wanting to be a part of what was happening with with brother like where you did you hear the music prior and were kind of fans of the songwriting that was taking place yeah i was a, a fan first a band member second uh so that's kind of fun to make that transition uh, they were just friends for a while, knew them from the music scene, and then had an opportunity to jump on board. Uh, Eli has, uh, full disclosure, Eli has been on most tours with us without being a band member. <laughs> yeah. As a friend. Uh, yeah, we we did a little mini tour in Europe, and he tagged along. We did some other some other tours and stuff, and he's been there basically from the, from the beginning. I, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. <laughs> it was all part of his plan. Yeah. We didn't even have to ask. He just kind of sh- started showing up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Scott? Yeah, no, as mentioned before, we were, me and Eli were in a band in the Provo scene with Brother. And we kind of started roughly at the same time in Provo. So, like, I, I was a fan of Brother for a while. And then our band dissolved right around the time that they needed a new member. And so I was like, hey. What about me? And then <laughs> that, that's literally how it, yeah. how it happened too. Because I, me and oh, because Wal- we worked together. We worked together, and uh, I was really stressed one day because our guitarist was like, "Yeah, I have to quit. I I can't do this anymore." And we're like, "Okay." So I was telling Scott, I was like, "I don't know what to do," and he's like, "I know what to do. <laughs> I will play drums for you." Because Nate was playing drums for us, and he was like, "Check this out. Nate plays guitar. We're gonna take him off drums." Throw him, he, this is Scott talking to. He's like, mm-hmm. take Nate off drums, throw him on guitar. I'll play drums for you. And I was like, that's a damn good idea. It was Let's, the best idea. And here we are today. Best idea. Also, Nate. just nice that like someone else was able to recognize something cool within the group of people that were like playing music. Yeah, it feels like there's, I don't know, yeah, I consciously or not, yeah. you you like saw something there and was like worth voicing your opinion on it and obviously like shaped things yeah very differently mm-hmm. nathan you just play everything or what, what's the situation just play all the things the situation is yeah uh jack of all trades master of none <laughs> <laughs> that's the for sure master uh, you, of all actually. <laughs> yeah, jack dude. of all trades master of all yeah no, <laughs> nate's the master he uh does all of our recording most of our stuff and yeah. that guy too he's resident very resident it guy yeah <laughs> I, th- I think that's a very cool person, the type of person to have in your band. It's like having that resource of being able to record stuff that sounds good. And mm-hmm. even if you're just making real in-depth demos, it's it's yeah. great to have that on your side and not have to rely upon other people to to do that. It's true. It's yeah, kind of it's a good. it's kind of a beautiful relationship that we have because we'll we'll jump into the studio and and record stuff, and I'll want to get real weird with something. I'll be like let's do this and like turn everything up to the max and he'll be like mm, let's not do that <laughs> and he'll be like I'll listen back to it later like a couple weeks later and be like yeah that's a, that's a good move like i think eli said it he coined it too he's like you guys keep the good balance of like what is weird and what is not normal but like what sounds good 
Yeah, I think it. There's just very interesting moments in the production, along with the the hookiness of a track. You know, I think Oxidate is the song that really drew me into your band and what made me want to listen to more. And as I did, as far as the quote unquote indie rock bands that are here at Tree Forty you all were definitely one of the ones that I was most looking forward to seeing play and talk to. I just really uh, dug the songwriting and and it goes back to, you know, the stuff on volume one, Mm -hmm. which I feel like the volume one and the volume two stuff is, is very appropriately titled because there is such like a big difference between those two sets of songs. But yeah, even just like that, that first track off of uh, volume one, I think like you could tell that there was some, some great songwriting and also it seems like you were already leaning into some of the stuff that has like the r&b mm-hmm. vocal delivery even in that that track and now is kind of like seems like it's even fits better now with the the sounds that you all are producing now yeah definitely i, f- I feel like we've gotten into a groove kind of with sounds and and how things kind of form i guess uh, which you know may not be good like to do always because you want to keep things fresh and whatnot but uh, it's been it's been really nice to recognize the evolution yeah did you feel like there's some sort of significant shift though in the the song writing because the, the, the two chapters are are the, pretty different from yeah, where it all they, started they're right? very different and i think it's more more than anything it was like a, a lack of knowledge because uh, volume one is is very much like very minimal in a, in a way, and it's because I had you know most of my knowledge was just in guitar, and so everything's very guitar driven and very lyric based, and then you switch over to volume two where it's like I have more knowledge over um, bass and guitar and kind of how things shape with that and 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 yeah. songwriting I guess like song structure. Um, and the same thing with like our new album that's coming out, which is uh, appropriately volume three is just how it is overall sound and how instruments work and how synths work and how everything kind of goes into that. So it's it's more knowledge based than anything. Yeah. It's, it's cool to kind of see the, the timeline of it through the records, Mm -hmm. you know, like from that first one and then hearing grays for the first time i was like oh something something different is happening here Mm -hmm. it feels like this this is becoming like more of a a producer role in some way Mm -hmm. and songs seem to be like they're developing much differently and then you get to you know this stuff that that's coming out more these days and like especially like a tune like don't worry Mm -hmm. it just really creates a world i feel like with the with those types of jams
Nathan, did you gravitate towards the tech side of things from a pretty early age and wanting to learn how to be an engineer, record music at home? Uh, I kind of fell into it randomly. I've always loved music. Like as a kid, I just always, you know, would gravitate towards it. I would just, when I was little, I used to just, I had like a little Nerf basketball hoop on my door and I would just literally just listen to CDs and just <laughs> shoot hoops for hours. Um, and then I started, I was going to actually just do like a business degree or whatever. And then I was looking through the college I was going to go to through their, um, their degrees and saw that they had like a recording degree. And I, that was like the first time I ever thought like, Oh, that would be super cool. And <laughs> That's so, <laughs> actually something I might want to do. Yeah. Cause I remember like screwing around like you know, before LimeWire, like everyone used LimeWire. What I did is I used tapes that I would record on the radio, like record what was on the radio, and then I would put them into Audacity. Uh, just a super crappy that's the, classic. That's, dude, that's, OG. that's <laughs> hashtag Audacity. Bert and I, we used to have a podcast. We started on Audacity, <laughs> man. Audacity was the it's, that was the dream in the beginning. It was. Yeah. The first episode of this podcast was probably big. recorded with no Audacity. Uh, so, yeah. Amazing. I always just liked, you know audio and computers and music and so it kind of just felt natural to do that so what would you consider to be your primary instrument or the maybe the instrument you enjoy playing the most um probably guitar yeah i'm probably most comfortable on a, on an acoustic guitar well, it's fun um, it's fun to watch you during the live show just because you're bouncing back between the juno and the electric yeah, does, it, does that keep things like pretty engaging for you for for the live show? Yes, it's kind of stressful too. <laughs> we we literally, if there's anything that needs to be done, we throw it on him, and he says, "Yeah, I don't know if I can do it. I'm pretty stressed out." And we just say, "Yeah, yeah, sure you are. <laughs> yeah, Get we're it all done. stressed, Nate. <laughs> Nate's the auxiliary player. It's true. It's yeah, true. Exactly, exactly. It's fun though. I I enjoy having like my hand in a lot of different things, so it's fun. And Erica, were you someone that had been doing a lot of singing before you met Chuck and started playing with brother yeah so I was a just a singer songwriter just doing solo stuff um he went to high school with my roommates so that's kind of how I met him and um he came and did shows with me a couple shows with my stuff and then I could see like right away like how talented he was and then I wanted to work with him and so joined the band later but yeah, I've played a guitar for a long time. Um, I really like songwriting, but vocal, like singing, I feel comfortable doing backup. Like that's fun, but guitar is my favorite thing. Yeah, you get you get kind of the best of both worlds and when you're doing yeah. the brother stuff because you, you get to do some singing, but you also just get to focus on playing guitar. And, exactly. And not having to be the center of, of yes. the whole thing. Yeah, it's really fun. It's, it's a good time. Yeah, the heart, like, Everything overall was was so tight watching the live show, but yeah, the harmonies just really great. It was cool to hear you all play Curves, which I know is is one of the the older jams. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to kind of see that being worked into the set. Is that is that the only of the the older stuff that makes its way in, or are you trying to kind of reimagine some of that stuff every once in a while? There, there's a a song. So the first track off Volume One. 1000 is, is the um, title of that we used to play that a lot um, we kind of steered away from it for for a little bit um, I think just with lineup changes and kind of how direction of how everything was going um, 
we kind of steered away from it for a little bit. I think I know Eli for sure wants to bring it back. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah, it's one of Nate's favorites. To play. It's a it's a great song. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really fun. It, it was like our our show opener for a long time. That makes sense. We uh, I don't know. We try to get people to scream at the beginning of a, of a show and stuff, and so that was a good way to to do that. But thousand songs made me feel so low. I was always thinking much too slow She loves me She loves me A thousand songs never like the sound Never know that my heart beats loud She loves me She loves me is a classic that you know we've been jamming on for a long time and i think it's always a good way to go yeah it's got a i'd imagine it's it's hard to want to dedicate too much time to recrafting those early songs when you're stoked about all the new stuff mm-hmm. that you all are playing together it's true yeah. the songwriting is it's very solid it's, thanks uh, man yeah it's, thank it's, you it's, it's we're we, we try yeah <laughs> we were just talking about how just like perfect it is for the hang like it's just a it's just a vibe yeah (laughs) i love that and it's subjective too you know like with the whole songwriting process because there's a lot of people who follow very like this is the structure yeah this is a pop structure this is an indie structure this is a rap structure and whatever and and a lot of it like kind of just do whatever feels good and that's what like a lot of indie stuff is is like feels good do it and that's a good motto for life too and maybe yeah. hopefully it keeps you uh writing new tunes and keeping things fresh too because mm-hmm. you got to figure out how to keep the the longevity of things mm-hmm. and the sustainability of a project mm-hmm. where's the the songwriting at right now as far as maybe how songs get produced these days is there stuff that's happening just off a, a drum loop and happening more on a you know, within the software and then being presented to the band ever? Or is it still kind of bringing the bare bones of a song and all developing it together? Yeah, I, I feel like we probably don't get together as often as a lot of bands do. Um, again, just because we all live, you know, a little further apart and, and you know, we, we don't live together and stuff. So a lot of times, like, I'll, I'll write something. I A lot of people say they write stuff in their bedroom. I write a lot of stuff in the bathroom. I'll be doing the the duty while I'm. Uh, I have a designated like toilet guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, I, I I I. Y'all, any of y'all play this toilet guitar? Before? I feel no, bad because people always say like you don't let anybody else use it, and I let everyone use it. <laughs> Wait, is it that? Is it that Yamaha? Yep. Oh gosh. <laughs> 
Uh, but I've the, never touched that guitar. I, I bring that into the bathroom. So I'll sit in there. Because it's a classic thing. They're sitting there for, you know, 45 minutes past, like, <laughs> oh when everything's gosh. done. And <laughs> I'll, I'll write a lot of songs that way. And then... Um, after I'll, I'll take it into my little bedroom studio and kind of throw drums and bass on it and do a little production on there and then send it to the band. And I, I mean, I would love it if somebody says like, this sucks, like don't use it. But I like to think I'm more self-aware than that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll send something. And then if everyone vibes on it, like if I get the okay from everybody, then we'll take it to practice and then kind of hash it out some more or take it to a recording session and then hash it out from there. Everybody will just kind of put their uh, put their parts down on it then as you're developing it. Put, put a little spice on there. For sure. Yeah. Which is, which is real yeah, nice. Yeah, but definitely most of the parts are Chuck writing them. And, well, and Nate. Those those guys are evil geniuses. You guys also the ones that are really geeking out over the mixes and oh, whatnot together? We are geeking out 24-7. <laughs> I'll send them some. So, like, I with Oxidate. I sent him this really shitty. Dim- I don't know if I can say shitty. You I can just say whatever. Twice. You can say whatever cool. you like. Uh, it's an uncensored program. <laughs> I, I sent him this really sh- shitty demo of Oxidate, and I was like, "You want some of this pop action?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." And I listened back to it recently, and I was like, "This sucks." Like, I don't know <laughs> why he thought this was good, but then it ended up being great, and it's like one of our our bigger songs, which is really awesome and and really cool. So, I, I love that that he recognizes that it's something that we can make work and and. When we did record the song, it all came together within like an hour or two of like we spent basically two hours recording it. Yeah, it was drums, synth, was, guitars, everything. It was crazy. We yeah. did a lot of crazy. It, we recorded it in, yeah, it took us, it was over like two days or something. Yeah. And it was in an unfinished basement that I lived in. And For a long time, you were in there. We were doing just the crazy stuff. We were like swinging mics from the ceilings. Yeah, we, and like, we hung mics from the rafters. The craziest stuff. And then we'd throw it, so then it would be spinning and we'd play acoustics like back to back. So then it was just like phasing the entire time, which is pretty, pretty wild. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun. Yeah. wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Mussels and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out, and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. 
So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode. It's good to have people around you, though, that, um, like you were saying, you thought that that initial demo was kind of garbage, mm-hmm. hearing it back. And it's nice when you have people within your band um, that can kind of hear something different, you mm-hmm. know, and, and recognize that there is something good in that. Yeah. Sometimes uh, sometimes your own ears are, are not kind to you. It's true. It seems. It's true. I got these I got these big Abe Lincolns, and they're, <laughs> they're not always the most trustworthy they're getting in the way sometimes yeah getting in the way of creativity yeah it's true it's true <laughs> earlier when you guys were playing you talked about uh you talked about good night girl kind mm-hmm. of being this this first ever love song mm-hmm. what did you mean by that you feel like nothing else has been this kind of vulnerable sweet love song or it's a a lot of our none of our songs are like love songs that are actually about people so like 1000 could be considered a love song cuz like a lot of the lyrics are like like oh I kind of I miss you but I hate you and kind of deal but that that song's about a guitar it's not about you know a, a lover or anything like that and like oxidate could be considered a a love song but it's about my dad and a lot of it a lot of lyrics and everything are just family based but this is like the first song that's actually about you know somebody that I love and somebody that that is close to me. It's my about my wife, and so it is considered a and, sappy love song. And or your tour manager. Yes. Or TM. <laughs> TM first. Wife second. <laughs> You're always pretty comfortable, Chuck, in uh, sharing your tunes and, you know, oh, sharing, sharing the, the vulnerable side of yourself in front of people, playing uh, live music. I, th- I think so. I like to, like, lyrically, I keep a lot of things pretty cryptic. Yeah. Um, But, like, not hard to understand in a way. Like, it, it's pretty general, but cryptic, I guess, for me. Um, But I... I don't have a hard time sharing it with people that are close to me. So like bandmates or, or other friends and, and whatnot. Um, I get very sensitive towards like sharing it to people that I don't know. Yeah. But that's just me. Typically, uh, writing from your own perspective though, or within your family or aside from, or opposed to from like a character's perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's more of a, a thing that I've, I've started lately that I never really used to do. Um, where I read this quote over the pandemic. It's, just, it's a country music quote that said, like, all you need for country music or music in general is three chords in the truth. And yeah. I, I, that really resonated with me because I was like, maybe I haven't been telling the truth, like, in a lot of the songs that I've written because a lot of them are past experiences or, like, from the viewpoint of somebody that I know, not necessarily myself. And so, like, our song, Easy, and Goodnight Girl are very much like in the present, honest, and how I'm feeling now versus like somebody else's point of view on love or or sadness or something like that. 
yeah will you open up your your lyrics before they're done and, and share them with people in the band or are you pretty uh closed off with them until you feel like they're finished uh or does anybody even care i'm always curious like with a, a you know a band of like four or five how many people in the band actually pay attention to the <laughs> lyrics and well i feel like you know how the joker has a different origin story every time you ask him about it <laughs> i feel like i've had a similar experience with like one or two of the songs I'm like so what is this about it's like oh it's about like this or that and then it'll change and it I'm, I'm realizing well i realize now that it's like it's not they're not contradictory stories there's just it's about a lot of different things and yeah anyway i, I don't know if that like answered the question it's a multi well, you, paid atten- uh, you paid attention they're enough layered to, songs and you paid attention enough to ask questions yeah so i guess that doesn't answer my oh, question I'm, it's the, it's the vantage <laughs> point the vantage point of uh if you've ever seen that movie the vantage point oh, of, of songs. Yeah, no, it's the vantage point of, <laughs> of songs, of yeah. lyricism. So I sing backup vocals, and to be totally honest, there, ta- there was a long time where I didn't know what the words were, but I like knew the sounds, so I was singing <laughs> along because because you all sing higher, you know, and it's like harder to understand, and so I didn't know. But um, when I ask him and he tells us the, you know, the lyrics and the meaning, they're pretty deep and pretty clever, so it's fun to hear what the lyrics mean and they're like scott said there's a lot of meaning like layers of things that are cryptic or a little more obvious in different ways but the songs are like ogres (laughs) they're like ogres onions so (laughs) many layers (laughs) (laughs) like a parfait i think also maybe you know song meanings i'm sure has have changed over time for you too it's true it's got to i don't know you from my own writing or just the way songs even hit me from other people that that shit just kind of always shifts and it's kind of weird to to see those things over time going back to a song that you wrote three years ago yeah i mean there's a lot of things like you can come up with a line that doesn't mean anything to you and you just like it because it's clever and then you know you have an experience or something like later on and you're like this lyric now means something to me and i think that's where you know it resonates with other people because they you know they have an experience in their life and they're like, this means something to me now um, where maybe it didn't before. But. but will you ever like bounce some lyrics off Erica since she's also a singer songwriter? Will you, will you ask for, we, we like, have done it. There's a couple of times we did it. Yeah. We've done that a couple of times uh, more in the past, but um, yeah, when we do, it's a good time. There's we a, both love lyrics. What, and, volume two, the song Blunders, which is the first track off of volume two. We um, That song's about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, which is a, one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> I love yes. that movie. But yeah, like I asked Erica, like, like, hey, I need a line for this, for the second verse. And she threw in, like, listen to what wasn't said was the first line. Nice. And I was like... Damn, that's good. That's that is that's very good. good. Erica, you're hired. Work work cited page was made. Erica, great job. <laughs> great it's great an job. APA <laughs> and MLA, just for those who are, you know, a little more into that, but
movie references then, Chuck. Uh, volume 2 is all movies and TV shows. That's Every rad. single song. I was very stoked to learn today that 1985 is about Back to the Future yeah. because that is my favorite movie trilogy of all time. So no good. way. Yeah. Awesome. I hope you got maybe I don't know if you heard all the lyrics, but it's like it covers like the first movie and the third movie. The second movie is like it's good, but it's not my favorite. But it's all you know. Yeah, the third obviously is not the best, but I still fuck with it. Yeah, it's, it's part it's of the trilogy, and uh, I ride for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and uh, do Dig a more in depth on the on the lyrics now now yeah. that i know what it's about and listen to the to the yes. track some more oh, yeah. for sure oh, yeah. so what's up with the the new record that's coming out how how far out are we from from that happening uh it comes out october 15th okay so next month um it's a uh, 11 tracks uh we released uh the first half of it as singles okay so like oxidate easy honey a lot of the songs that we've released they're all on there um and then we have five brand new songs that are unheard or awesome. unreleased. And um, those will be on there. They're, they're kind of fun. A lot of them are, you know, maybe stuff we haven't really done before, um, but really fun to make and really fun to, to write and, and mess around with. Yeah. Well, I'm eager to hear the rest of the record. And it's cool to just see that y'all are just trying to evolve with the sounds yeah. as, as newer stuff comes out easy is one of my favorite jams that Hell that yeah. is out of that batch and that is the song that we're gonna play the episode out with is there anything you can tell me about easy and where where that song came from it's uh or anything you all remember about putting <laughs> it a, down it's a pretty like I, I don't know about special that seems like kind of a weird word but it comes from like the whole 2020 lockdown pandemic thing is really weird for us because we had a big tour planned we had big things planned, like releases and whatnot, and then it was all just gone. You know, it just seemed like everything was halted. We had our tour planned. Scott bought a van. We crashed the van Scott ten minutes van. ten minutes into the tour. No way. Lost the van. Not a good week. <laughs> uh, we uh, uh, twenty minutes after that, our entire tour was canceled, and just a lot of stress and anxiety, depression, whatever you know, comes with all of that. Of like living a certain life and then all of a sudden you can't anymore. Yeah. And so I realized for a long time I was very anxious and very like, there's so many things I have to do, but I can't do them. And that's where like the lyric comes from. It's like, I want this, I want it. So I'll take it easy. Like if I slow down now, I'll be able to survive later in a way. And I wanted to keep it very like, I don't know how you say, but personable, I guess. So like I recorded it in my bedroom studio, um, did all the tracking for that other than the drums and the vocals, sent it over to Nate, Scott tracked the drums, um, Nate mixed it. We did the vocals at a, at a local studio. Um, and it all just came together really nicely. Nate can give you all the lowdown on the, on the mixing and stuff. He said it was a really fun one, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how much Tell people us about this, how much fun it was. Nate. Give us a rating. <laughs> Give us a Likert type scale of the. Uh, it was probably the easiest song to mix. No pun intended. Actually, goodness gracious, that's awkward. Um, <laughs> just because I felt like it, everything worked. So because a lot of times, sometimes in mixing, you have instruments that kind of bury each other, and so you have to do a lot of finagling to get them to you know work. But with this one, it just seemed like everything had its place like perfectly. Um, 
And so, yeah, it just came together really nicely. And then when we were able to do some kind of fun automation and fun, like, you know, making stuff weird like we like to do. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a good song. Really fun song to work on. Right on. Well, I appreciate what you all are doing with the with the tunes. I'm super glad I got to see you play some some music here and appreciate you all giving me some of your time while we're hanging out at this uh, this wonderful Tree Fort Music Festival. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we're going to play it out with Easy, and I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can keep up with your band and whatnot. But we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. So if we could get the brother, it's a program, we can uh, properly end this thing. You can deliver it however you would like to. It means absolutely nothing. It's just some thing that my it's, it's the way my grandfather says the the news program he always says program i don't know it seems it seems that a lot of older people use this enunciation for a program which i don't really understand but like, i'm kind of into it though yeah it means absolutely nothing but uh yeah so it it's a it's a program it's a program mm -hmm. it's a program are we all so saying it together yeah let's say it together it's, it's a, a program. program. They nailed it, everybody. That's Brother from Salt Lake City, Utah. And we're going to play it out with Easy. And uh, depending upon when this releases, there uh, might be a whole record available, a whole brand new record. Volume 3 might be out there. But if not, check out the available singles and, and all the music that is up there on the streaming services. And that's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland salt lake city boise tree fort all the places wherever you are listening from cool thank you
want to give a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their support of this thing and make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with distro kid making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that and the link is also in uh, the link in my instagram bio on the link tree so you can find it there as well big thanks to distro kid stay up stay tuned